overall message of the Bible is redemption. So God has a plan to redeem the world. And one of the cultural metaphors that the Bible uses to communicate this plan of redemption is something that was known as the Father's house. And then there's two ways we can look at this. So the Father's house might have to do with a member of that household, a member who's been caught outside the house and needs rescuing. So that's one way to look at the Father's house. But there's also the idea of an ancient Near East marriage, where the son goes out to get his bride, and he's going to bring his bride back to the father's house. Now, either way, both metaphors are centered around the concept of the father's house, and both of them help us to understand God's plan of redemption. Both of them are used in the Bible for the idea of redemption. So this photo here is of the father's house. And today, of course, this is found in the more traditional cultures around the world, but it was everywhere in the ancient Near East. So in the ancient patriarchal culture of the Bible, one of the most important pillars of society was the patriarchal household, the father's house. Now, this photo happened to be taken in 2003 in southern Iraq. It was during the war in Iraq. And this is about 100 miles south of Baghdad. And really, what's amazing is that this was the heart, the cradle of civilization. It's between Ur, where Abraham was born, and Babylon. So it is right in the heart of where our Bible takes place. So this picture here, this was a common view of southern Iraq from our helicopter. The Euphrates River right there, of course, runs from the north to the south. And this area is what the Bible calls the Plains of Shinar. You can find that used in uh, the book of Genesis. It's the land between the Tigris and the Euphrates. It's Mesopotamia, the land between two rivers. And it's as flat as a pancake. Now, this was probably the best picture I got that helps to illustrate the concept of the Father's house. So there in Iraq, as is the same in many parts of the world, they live very traditional lifestyles. No plumbing, no electricity, donkeys pulling carts. But this is one family's extended compound, the father's house. In Hebrew, it's called Beit Av, the house of the father, or the father's house. So if I zoom in again, this is one family, the patriarchal compound, the father's house. And when you look at this picture, you might even ask yourself, how many rooms are in the father's house? Well, there are many rooms in the father's house. So the family builds up around the eldest male, the patriarch. If he has daughters, well, they marry and they go live with their husbands in their husband's father's house. And so the sons, Build up the household so you can have four to five generations living in one compound. And this even helps us understand there's a comment in Exodus. The sins of the father are passed down to the third and fourth generation. So here, if the father, the patriarch, sins, this is one way that scholars read that verse. If the patriarch sins, then how many generations are immediately affected by that sin? 
Well, if you all live in the same compound, then the sins of the father are passed down to the younger generations immediately. Now, you can see here in this picture, it was harvest time. The photo was taken around the end of May, and just like in the land of Israel, the end of May, beginning of June, that's the beginning of the wheat harvest. So it's the time of year, say, for the holiday of Pentecost, that's a wheat harvest. It's also the time of year that the Ruth story took place. Ruth was gleaning wheat in Boaz's field. And what you can see here is that each family within each little household, they have their own field to work, and they bring the wheat into their threshing floor. So I can see here in that yellow circle, there's a pile of wheat. Here's a couple piles of wheat. Here's a pile of wheat here. Here's a pile of wheat here. And it was remarkable. We would see mostly the women out threshing the wheat. On a windy day, they would be out with a pitchfork of sorts. They would throw it up into the air. The grain would fall to the ground. The chaff would be blown away by the wind. So again, very traditional society. All right, so here's the story of the Bible. It's a picture of redemption. We start with the patriarch, the father, and it's his house, the father's house. Now, the second most important person in the household, well, that's his eldest son. He sits at the right hand of the father. He's the one who's going to get the largest inheritance, a double inheritance. Why? Because he has the most responsibility. He's eventually going to become the patriarch. Now, from the patriarch, the household builds up around them so that you'll end up living with all of your extended family, aunts, uncles, cousins, all in one place. And so the story of the Bible goes, what happens then when one of those family members gets caught out, outside of the household? Now, for whatever reason, we don't know why, perhaps they chose to leave. That's like the prodigal son where he chooses to leave the father's house. Perhaps, uh, like in Genesis, Lot gets taken by a strong enemy. So a strong enemy has hold of you and takes them away out of the father's house. Or maybe even it's just the tragedy of life or a war or an untimely death that then places you. This would be the Ruth story where all the males died and now they're on the margins of society and they have to be redeemed back into the household. Now, whatever the reason for being found outside the father's house, it's now up to the patriarch. The patriarch then has the responsibility to rescue that family member and restore them back into the proper place within the household. And so the patriarch places his own resources on the line. And in fact, he may even put the greatest of all of his resources, the firstborn son. And so the plan is set into motion, and the father sends the eldest son out to rescue that which is lost and bring them home, bring them back into the father's house. And that is a picture of redemption. So what is the Bible all about then? Well, the Bible presents then the entire cosmos as God's house. And when it falls, when humanity fails, he sends his son, Jesus, to rescue and redeem creation, 
back into its rightful place. And now you can hear the words of Jesus. And it's this metaphor that Jesus uses when he's talking to his disciples. There are many rooms in my father's house. All of them would understand that metaphor. They lived it. Now, I mentioned at the beginning that one of the metaphors is being caught outside of the Father's house. That's one with the Father's house. The other one is marriage. So when Jesus says, I prepare a place for you, well, that is marriage language. It also concerns the Father's house, and it is also, oh, by the way, a picture of redemption in the Bible. So the son, he takes a bride. The engagement lasts about one year before the marriage is consummated. And all that time, during that one year, that new husband, he's at the father's house and he's preparing a room. Then the question is, well, when can he go get his bride? Well, nobody knows the day or the hour that he can go get the bride. Only the father does. It's only when that room at the father's house is ready that the bridegroom can then go with the wedding party to get his bride and complete the marriage. This is the story of the Bible. It's a story of redemption, of being brought back into our rightful place in the Father's house so that we can dwell fully with the presence of God and our new bridegroom. Read Revelation 21 and 22. So we wait for our bridegroom to come, for the fullness of redemption to be complete. This is such a powerful metaphor. It comes directly from that ancient Near Eastern culture, but it helps us to conceptualize God's plan of redemption and then our relationship to the Father and the eldest Son in being brought back into the Father's house. <music> 